0: It's time for Cubicle Insanity. I've got Kim here with me, and I'm Tammy. We're back together again to talk a little bit about that which we love called corporate America. Our podcast is a discussion about the real insanity from cubicles in the workplace, from leadership and leaders to experiences with life in the cubicles. Let's get into our latest cubicle insanity. Kim, are you ready? I'm ready. Today, we're going to explore the adventures of job hunting. Ooh. It sounds fantastic. It does. We are going to take a look at it from a couple of different perspectives. One, from a new college grad perspective, and the other, an experienced professional perspective. We'll talk through the difference in approaches and experiences, a little compare and contrast, if you will. To help us with this, we do have special guests today, Kim. We have Cassidy, who is a new college grad And we have Mary Beth, who is an experienced professional, both on the job hunt. Let's get into it.
1: Let's get into it.
0: All right. So welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us. And we've prepared a couple of questions uh, for you, but feel free to, you know, elaborate with all the wonderful stories you have. But Cassidy, let's start with you. A new college grad, what was your expectation as to how long it would take to get a job?
2: Um, I knew it would take a few months, but I thought the hardest part would be finding a job. I didn't think it would be so hard to find a job that I actually want to do. Oh, yes. That's, you know,
0: Kim, that's, that's good a, point. a good clarification. Good, yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely.
0: Because it's nice to uh, get that call back, to have a phone screen or to have an in-person interview, but it's even better if it's for a job you really want.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Mary Beth, what about you? What was your expectation as to how long it would take you to find a job? So you're between jobs. You're a, an experienced professional, and so what mm-hmm. was your expectation from you know that time frame from leaving one job to getting the next? Well, um, my uh, job search began when I was laid off from a
3: company, local company, after having worked there almost uh, eleven years. So I. I really didn't have any expectation as far as how long it was going to take me. Um, I just thought, well, I was going to be a little bit more selective than when I first uh, left college and, and started looking for a job um, because at that point as a college grad um, many years ago, I wanted to uh, at least get into my career field and, and get my first job in, a, in business. But uh, this time around, as a mature worker, as they say, um, I wanted to find some uh, a place where I could make a difference, and uh, working with um, people that I genuinely enjoyed working with would enjoy working with. So um, it, that that's hard to find out when you're doing just regular types of job interviews. So. Um, I relied more heavily on my network of friends and and colleagues to guide me um, as to what kind of companies would be good for me um, because they knew me well and what their experiences were and if they had any uh, recommendations. I didn't have that when I was just a a new grad from out of college. So... um, I thought it was gonna take me, you know, maybe three to six months uh, to find a position. Um, And I did, after maybe eight months, I did get a a job offer. Um, It was a very good job offer, but um, it wasn't the right type of job for me at this time in my career. So I turned it down.
1: Okay, makes sense. As
3: a result, I've been working basically um, contract positions with some very large companies in the uh, Metro Milwaukee area, and um, it's it's been enlightening. It's been very enjoyable. I've uh, built my network, and also um, gathered some new skills, and um, it, it's it's been good. Um, so that's where I'm at right now.
1: Hey, hey Mary Beth, I've got a question, Um, and Cassie, I'd like for you to chime in here as well. So Mary Beth, when you got out of university to your job hunt today, is it radically different? So, you know, back when you got out of university, was it ads in the newspaper and you sent in a paper copy of your resume to is I don't know is that what uh, you did when you got out of university to today and cassidy what how are you playing
3: well for for me when I graduated um from college uh the <laughs> and it's hard to imagine but um the computer uh outside of business was very unusual to have for a person to have a computer. So all my resumes um I had to have printed at a at an actual printer and um you know the mock up, they did the mock up, I approved it and then they printed out resumes. So there was no opportunity to really like customize your resume and um cover letters were typed on typewriters and and um, uh, Manual or electronics.
1: <laughs> huh? manual or an electronic typewriter
3: well it was an, it was an electric typewriter all right okay <laughs> <laughs> it was a correction to it, but yeah no no computers no computers for that at that time and um and then applying uh through newspaper ads and uh the university um uh, postings that were put up um at the uh career center that they had there and um So it was, it was very tedious work. I literally um, was at my typewriter typing cover letters and getting my resumes prepared to mail out regular snail mail um, from 8 o'clock in the morning till 5 o'clock at night until I got job interviews. Mm. So it was, yeah, it was pretty tedious. Now I think it's much easier with applications online and um, being able to uh, communicate via text even with recruiters. and it it's just um it, it's like night and day really. so much, much better,
1: so Cassidy, do they still have the job boards at school right in university? and did you go look there, like uh, like Mary Beth had to?
2: Yeah, we. We did um, a lot. We had a whole job, like, website that our university had. So you could just go on there and, like, type in, like, oh, I want to go into so-and-so. And, like, it would just pull up a bunch of jobs. Um, so, but we still have them, like, posted, like, on boards, I guess. But nobody looks at those okay. at all. All right. Interesting.
1: <laughs> all right. Okay.
0: Um. I'm, you know, Mary Beth, I'm going to go back to something that you had said about your job search and how this time around you're you're being a little bit more thoughtful and conscientious around the organization. And they have always said, and I, you know, eons ago when I came out of college, they even said like, ask questions. You're interviewing them as well. But honestly, I think I just wanted a job, so I came up with some probably stupid questions to ask, but. Now now that I am also an experienced professional listening to you talk, I feel like I would do the same thing and interview them to find out about their culture and what's important to them and how they treat their employees and, and the types of people they hire so that I would be a good fit um, because at this point I feel like I've had enough you know, bad uh, experiences that I would be looking for that. So I find that to be very interesting. And so, Cassidy, I'm going to ask you this first. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that is something that you think about when you're going into interviews or looking online at these different organizations?
2: Like how I feel about the company?
0: Yeah, about the culture and how you would fit in with that.
2: Yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that I am looking for in a job and that's why it's so hard to find. And I know like when I go into job interviews, um, I ask stupid questions too, but I drill them with questions just about everything, about the culture and about what I would be doing specifically in the role and all of this stuff, because I don't want to work for somewhere and not fit in or be doing something else that I'm not that I don't want to do. So I definitely I ask all about the culture because I want to, to work somewhere that fits me and my personality, and I want to fit into the culture of everything. That's so interesting, Kim.
0: Do you find that interesting?
1: I do. Um, it, it, it's uh, as an HR professional interviewing um, the different. Levels of employees, whether they're right out of university or experienced, um, right out of university, they are asking about the culture and what is how how really about the culture. Whereas the more experienced professionals are more about the job and I'll say benefits a lot of times, um, and less about culture.
0: It is interesting, isn't it? I. Cassidy, where do you think this uh idea of culture and fitting in at that organization, where do you think
2: that came from? Um honestly, I don't really know, but I feel like probably. Um, I know a lot of businesses like have like their like hierarchies and I feel like a lot of the businesses like that I'm applying for are very like lateral. Is that the right word? Lateral, yes, like horizontal, flat. Horizontal, yeah, flat. horizontal mm-hmm. like I don't like that, those are just the companies that I'm applying to because that's the culture that I want to work in, and I feel like a lot of the people that are my age agree with that. Like they, we don't want to work for someone where it's just one CEO that you never see, and it's just this big hot like head honcho guy. Like we all want to work with our CEO and like with our boss. Like we want to work directly next to them, but I honestly don't really know where that stemmed from.
0: Mary Beth, um, what about you? Tell us a little bit about how do you inquire as you're going through the. The candidate process, how do you find out if you'd be a good culture fit? What types of things are you asking them? Or what kind of signals or or things jump out at you that would kind of give you that idea?
3: Well, I think um, on an everyday basis, you're going to be working with a particular hiring manager, you know, your manager. So regardless of what the general company culture is, um, your day-to-day experience is going to be uh, influenced by who your manager is, and um, so when the hiring manager is interviewing me, I one of my key questions is how they provide feedback and how they describe themselves. I ask them, "How how would you describe yourself as a manager?" Um, and then I actually might pose um, a scenario um and ask them how they'd react in that scenario um and sometimes you're taken aback by that but um I found that across the board generally jobs are pretty much the same from organization to organization I mean there's you know the the um the you know the specialties for that particular company but Um, In general, the jobs are pretty much the same, but the differences are the hiring managers and how they motivate their people and how they reward their people and how they give feedback um, and engage the employee uh, so that their uh, career um, can move forward and and where uh, their employee skills can improve Guidance, but when I do need guidance, then I expect my uh, hiring manager to be the subject matter expert that I can turn to and um, help me if I need it and to, to guide me in, in the, um, the the general, uh, uh, what should I say, politics of the company sure. and to understand the dynamics of the team so that I can work well, with the rest of the team members, because obviously I don't know them. I'm a newcomer. So I generally ask questions that are very specific to those areas of my concern and seeing if I'm a good fit for the company. and if the co- and if the company is a good fit for me, because if you don't have that mutual fit, then uh, either party is going to end up being somewhat disappointed if not, you know upset that maybe they made the wrong
0: choice you know right and um, we certainly don't want that kind of regret so right well that's a lot of wasted time and money so I completely agree that it is an interview on both sides and I like that uh, you called out how you do uh the behavioral interviewing of the manager while you're there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea.
3: Right.
0: Typically, we think of uh, HR teaching hiring managers how to do the exactly. behavioral interviewing. Yeah. So I love that. I love that thought. I'm going to make a note of that next time I go out on interviews. I need to put down my uh, behavioral uh, behaviors I'm looking for and come up with my <laughs> tell me a time
2: when type of questions.
3: Yeah, well, like I said, they they tend to, you know, they're taken aback a little bit and um, frankly, my experiences, and this isn't to discourage Cassidy, but um, even uh, higher level HR people um, who have interviewed me, I am always kind of uh, surprised when I come across um, HR people who do not know how to interview. Right to to get the the best result. I mean, they're 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 trying to find the best person for the job, and in it, there's many times little evidence that they even looked in depth at the resume. So um, I I just find that a little disconcerting, and um, uh, and hiring managers the same thing. I mean, you walk into an interview and it looks like they're looking at your resume for the first time. And I I personally don't approach interviews that way because I think uh, there's, a company is its people. And if you don't have the right people and the right jobs, and and, uh, uh, the company is going to suffer. So um, I would think that there'd be better preparation. So from my perspective, um, a lot of that is, observation on my part so that i can see well really how they feel about hiring new people is the way they prepare for the interview
1: yeah that's true good point maribeth cassie do you find that some of my hr colleagues are not prepared for interviews yes so tell us about that
2: well um especially when you do like different rounds of interviews i feel like that's when i have the most most issues excuse me um, because like you go into your first round of interviews and you're like it's just like the basic questions like oh like tell me about your experiences tell me about this how do you do this all that kind of stuff but then they asked you to come back for a second round with like someone who's higher up and that person asks the same exact questions that drives me insane like did you guys not talk about me did like did someone ask the wrong set of questions like are you kidding I'm answering these questions again that drives me insane.
1: So that's a little bit of cubicle insanity is what a you're A little saying.
2: bit, yes. Yeah. That's okay. a little insane. And I'm like, I can't work with people that I'm. it's like all this repetition.
1: But do you think that maybe they're validating your answers and comparing?
2: Maybe, but it's the same exact question. They could go about it a different way. I guess, yeah.
0: Okay. I answered
2: it the same, and it drove me insane. I was like, are you serious? Because the other person asked me this yesterday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound like they... Uh,
0: as Mary Beth was talking about preparing, it doesn't sound like they evaporated, yeah, got together after to, sh- yeah. to share yeah,
1: yes. and into that point, we should we shouldn't all be asking you the same exact questions because after you've answered it for the ninth time, it's hard as an interviewer or an interviewee to have that same level of energy as you did on the first mm-hmm. one, like, mm-hmm. hey, walk me through your resume, okay, by the ninth time, you're like, okay, let me recite it one more time, yeah, and yeah, so. You're right we should we should all kind of collaborate and figure out who's asking what. Good point.
0: so one one thing I'm curious about is uh, we were talking a little bit earlier how how times have changed with applying for jobs and and much of it is done online today, and with the various recruiting systems that companies use today, they can set up you know various requirements that you must hit within the application process to either move you forward or to stop you in the process at that point. And so they can set up automated emails, all of these fancy things. So just give me a little bit of your feedback on how that feels as a candidate and how many of these are you actually hearing back from? Because when you did used to send in a paper copy, you didn't always get a letter back. There was not always the paper uh, return you know going out to the mailbox looking excited for something and nothing never heard again so do you feel like you're hearing back from most of these places that you're applying to and how do you feel about that sort of online uh, I don't know if it's immediate but close to immediate type of feedback so Mary Beth should we start with you sure
3: Um, I would say of the positions that I apply for, um, I will get maybe 50% back, either the rejection or a um, or a, um, a an invitation for an interview. So um 50% go completely into the ether, and I know I have no clue as to what's happening with my application unless I go online, and then it's still like in review or whatever status. Um, And I understand why um, companies build into their application process the basic questions about do you have a bachelor's degree? Do you have a minimum of three years of experience in the field and things like that. Um, Those are basic requirements of the job. And so they want to make sure that at least those things are covered. But one of the disadvantages is that With the online process and in the way recruiters will run search words on your resume and or on their database and come up with a handful of candidates is that um, they're they're missing the um, The unseen or unexpected kinds of things that you might find in a resume that uh, Would indicate that this person was would actually be very good for the job, but isn't a perfect match that they're looking for, but has a lot of possibilities for um, uh, transition of skills from their previous job to the current job they're being considered for. And um, and that's what I call looking for green flags rather than red flags um, in a candidate. And um, unless a recruiter takes interest in in a particular resume or person um, and looks for those kinds of things and besides the requirements Um, just purely uh, uh, eliminating people on word searches and, and particular questions I think is has its disadvantages and especially if you're looking at somebody who is new to the field or has is a new graduate from college, it might not have a lot of experience. Um, I think you need to have a little more personalized touch when you're t- when you're looking at candidates like that because um, you know they they may have done something like I said that isn't quite exactly what you're looking for, but the skill set is totally transferable.
0: So, oh. right. Cassidy, what what are your thoughts on that?
2: I agree with pretty much everything that she said, because um, I do feel like a lot of like the bigger companies that I apply for, um, they're in their like job requirements, I could do everything that they say that the job entails. I feel like I could do everything, but just because I don't have that listed in my resume, they just reject me instantly. And that's just, it's really frustrating, but a lot of the smaller companies that I do apply for, they always get back to me and talk about my resume, like specifically, like they've actually read it, which I really appreciate, because then it just makes me feel a little bit more important to them. Um, But otherwise, I agree pretty much with everything that she said, just about hearing back in general, even if it's a rejection, I just like to know. Right, close it out. Right, yeah. yeah. So, Kim. With this type
0: of feedback and and thinking about the open positions, you know, that you interview for, what do you think is behind that? So Cassidy was saying smaller companies tend to maybe read a little more and and follow up. And the larger companies might be a little bit more black and white. Um, And Mary Beth was, you know, talking about how the the looking for green flags instead of red flags but it seems that you know you can be eliminated fairly easily just based on you know a word being there or not being there so give us your thoughts um from being the interviewer with open positions that you have to deal with
1: yeah so i think um the bigger companies there's a higher volume of applicants and so there is that screening mechanism because like I know one company that I worked for, for every job that we had open, we would get a thousand resumes.
0: Wow. You can't read a thousand.
1: Right. And so you kind of have to have those filters there. Um, Do we always get the best candidates because that filter is in place? Honestly, no. And sometimes we have to repost the role to see what's out there again. And maybe it's some of the same applicants, but somehow they filter through this, you know, the second time. Um, Smaller companies, which I've worked for as well, we wouldn't get as many um, resumes. And you did have time to go through them and read them individually and send back a quick note.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking about it from even in my past being a hiring manager. And I mean, I'm not sure. I was probably bad at it sometimes and good at it others. But I can think of times where the recruiter would bring me, like, the top three resumes. And, of course, it's my position, so it it I think I probably took reading through those resumes very seriously because I was hiring this person. They were going to work for me. They were mm-hmm. going to have to do what I said, and and I wanted it to be a good fit. So there would be times I would go back to the recruiter and say, these are the top three. Can you give me the next top three? Like, just let me compare and contrast, see what's out there. So... I think that, you know, we're sort of, of course, today we're talking about it from that candidate and job hunt perspective. But along with HR, those hiring managers have to take ownership. And and to me, in some of these situations we're hearing about, it sounds like maybe they're not sort of taking that, that full ownership of that either.
1: Yeah, but to Cassidy's point as well, that, you know, she reads the job descriptions and she feels like she can do them you feel like you can do them and that's, you know, some of the comments that we get from some of the applicants as well, but you don't have that experience. Or, you know, sometimes the circus clowns apply to roles that like for marketing and they think, well, because they have this very outgoing personality as a circus clown, they fit in a marketing role. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> not <laughs> this marketing. You know, role. we talk about
1: translatable <laughs> skills, nothing, not disparaging circus clowns. Let me just be clear. But the skills aren't always translatable, even though you think, okay, yeah, I got this outgoing personality. I can talk to people, blah, 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 if you know what's maybe in a marketing role, for example. And so that's where larger companies do have to have the filters just because you get some real crazy resumes of people that really think that they're they can do the job. And that's the difference. That's the difference between being able to do the job and being qualified for the job. So, you know, sometimes there's certain basic qualifications and if you don't meet those, then that tells us in HR and us as hiring managers that you you might be able to do the job, but you don't have you don't have the experience to do the job.
0: Yeah, and when you're looking for that best candidate. Maybe you could do the job, but there might be someone better. <laughs> yeah. I don't but, but I make... to even think about that. Like I think back when I was applying for jobs, what? I wasn't like, the best. No, candidate. I am
1: the best. Right. <laughs> But then you know well,
3: it's what it's what I call the employ the employers have the gambling instinct. Yeah. Um, you know they they always think there's something better out there that they're they're going to get the the real deal on the next just if, if we wait just one, you know a little bit longer if we interview ten more people you know and um, yeah there it's it's the gambling instinct. Yes. Yeah,
1: it's good. To, good way to
3: describe it. It's
0: very good. Okay, so. We've gotten kind of, we've touched on some really good stories, I think, here of what you guys have uh, been experiencing, so let's, uh, let's I'm going to ask kind of a, a general question and, and you can fill it in with a, a story or two for us, but tell us about your best candidate experience, so online, in person, one of each, but what was the one you walked away from going, this company has got it together? Cassidy, you want to
2: go first? Um... Yeah, so for... It was for one of my internships that I did. Um, I applied, like, super, super late in the game. And they emailed me back. Um, It was for a summer internship, so, like, you probably have to have all your... You have to, like, be applied by, like, February, and then you get the job sometime in, like, April. And then for the summer, you're set. And I applied, like, in May, like, super late in the game. And they replied back to me, like, within that week... And we set up an interview time for, like, that week. Um, And I went in and I interviewed. And it wasn't really, like, an interview. Like, I sat down with the three people that I'd be working with. And we talked about, like, Netflix. And I'm pretty sure the interview was on Cinco de Mayo. So we talked about where we were going to go get tacos later that day. And, (laughs) um, like, it was just a very, like, casual conversation. And then um, the big boss came in and they talked about my resume like specifically and they were like, "Oh, I loved on your resume." And they didn't even have it in front of them. They were just like, "Oh, I loved on your resume that it said this and this about you." And I was like, "Oh my goodness." Like, I didn't even know I put that how Did you know that? But um and then they contacted me back like 3 days later and said that they wanted me to intern with them for the summer. And so it was like a really quick process and they just kind of knew what they were looking for and they just made it really easy and I it was very stress-free and fun almost. Good. Yeah. That sounds impressive. Yeah. All right. Mary Beth, what about
0: you?
3: Um, best in per I'll start with an in-person interview, um, was with a, a small company um, working for a very rich guy uh, <laughs> who owned the company. And uh, I interviewed directly with him and uh he he wasn't actually going to be my boss but um he he interviewed all new employees first and then um he had a good sense of humor and we we connected very well and um i ended up getting the job um i think because uh there was a, a good personal connection there and um i think he appreciated uh, uh he used humor during the interview, and uh, so I picked up on that, and likewise, I um, um uh, used a little humor during the interview, Of course, that's that you got to be careful about that because people's senses of humor are often uh, at odds, but um yeah he he used humor, he um, described the culture of his company, uh, what their objectives were, and how he went about uh, achieving those by hiring certain types of people and and then he uh, gave the characteristics of the kind of people that he liked to hire and they happened to align with my own personal skill set and and who I was. So um, yeah, that was a very good interview. Um, Online, I I can't recall anything that was really out of the ordinary frankly um, as far as I, I would say some of the better um, online experiences for um, uh, applying online would be when I got uh, response within a week or so of actually applying so I, I think if I hear back from a company within a week or so of applying that that's that's a pretty good response time Considering you know that they're probably getting hundreds of resumes, so, um, hmm. so so that that's basically my uh, experience on the good side.
1: So it sounds like to me that uh, both are the ones that were good experiences. There was like that instant personal connection, rapport, chemistry, which is one of the things that as an HR professional we look for in candidates when they come in do we have immediate chemistry are they going to be a fit because that tells us if they're going to be a fit for the organization because while you guys are looking for culture we're looking for fit culture culturally do you fit as well so good interesting right
0: yeah and it is always a good feeling when you're sitting in that interview and they switch their talk from um the person we would hire or, you know, the, the person who would take this job, we expect blah, 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 or whatever, when they turn it into, well, when you when you do this job, and they start, like, putting you in it, there's always that moment where you're like,
2: yes, I've done it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh,
0: so when that connection happens, you know it. And yeah. I probably, because sometimes my poker face is not very good, I probably just, like, start grinning going, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
0: All right, so we talked about good, um... I did save uh the worst experience for last thinking these could be uh, very enjoyable. So um Mary Beth, how about you start on this one? Give us uh, an example of the worst experience or a truly horrible experience that you've been through uh in the interview process or applying. Okay. Um
3: well, I when I had uh, uh this was for a, a local manufacturing company. Um, I uh, had two phone interviews, one from uh, one with the recruiter and one with the hiring manager, and then they decided they'd like me to come in and meet the rest of the team in an in-person interview. So I did that. Um, I arrived at the location that they asked me to arrive at and then was told, oh, uh, no, sorry, they can't do the interviews here because of some snafu so you need to now drive to this other location 15 minutes away and um, meet them there. So um, I went to the other location and I interviewed with the uh, hiring manager and the hiring manager's manager and a couple other people and we talked about the job and um, they were talking about um, being uh, certain requirements of the job that I had just now at that point had found out about. And uh, then they said, okay, now you need to go back to that first location that you were at. What? And in- an interview with another person uh, from the HR team. So I had to get in my car and drive another 15 minutes back to the other location, where I met with uh, an HR person and uh, who worked at that location, and was informed about the um, mystery duties that I was supposed to that I would be responsible for if I had the, if I got the position. And that was basically I had to uh, walk the manufacturing floor. And mind you, this was for this job was more of a tactical, administrative type job. But I was supposed to walk the manufacturing floor wearing lab coat, hard hat, steel-toed shoes in 100-plus degree heat in the plant throughout the day. And I was not told about that. And had I known that that was part of the job, I would not have even gone on the personal interview because that that is not the kind of uh, position I was looking for or had expected. So I was surprised and I revealed to this person, uh, the interviewer that I just now found out about that, which she was surprised about. And I said, I don't understand why this wasn't brought up earlier in the interviews because I've interviewed now twice with the hiring manager and there's no mention of this. And um, so I so I basically stopped the interview and I said, There's no point in you know going on with the interview because I am not interested in the position any longer. And um, so uh person walked me out of the building and said, uh, you know, I said, well, you know, this, as they said, this is not a match for me, and you know, we we want you want to have a mutual match um, for the job, and she she said, yeah, I said maybe uh, maybe we need to look for somebody who's more enthusiastic and younger.
0: Oh my gosh! And this
3: this was an HR person.
1: Absolutely unacceptable.
3: Three times. In three different, slightly different ways, but used you, you know the younger part, and I thought, wow, um, that was that was probably one of the worst interviews I'd ever been on interviewing experiences I'd ever been on because number one, they obviously didn't have their act together, um, asking a candidate to run from one location to the next because they didn't have it planned out well enough. And then, uh, you know, not being transparent during the interview about what the job actually entails and uh, wasting time, wasting the candidate, my time, and I'm wasting their time too. I mean, but, uh, so yeah, that was, that was probably one of the worst um, interview experiences that I've had.
0: I can totally tell. There well, there are just so many things that went wrong there that you probably stuck with it longer than I would have, uh, because if I, okay, I'll go to your new location, but you're going to send me back to the original one. I think I'd have been right there like, no, I'm actually going home. Nice to meet you. I'm done. Yeah, it,
3: it, was, it was kind of shocking because, you know, it, it was all like within, I don't know, Five or six miles of you know the locations, but it didn't matter. I mean, you're inconveniencing the candidate, and then to get to the final you know leg of the interviews and find out oh there's all these there's this mystery uh, set of responsibilities that I'm going to have that apparently they they didn't reveal on purpose because they figured that someone you know the a good candidate probably wouldn't have accepted that, at least not for that type of position I had applied for. So, uh, yeah, that was shocking. And then the comment about more enthusiastic and younger. Yes, that was the kicker phrase.
0: That pains me that somebody would say that. That's just
1: unacceptable. It's absolutely unacceptable. And I'm disappointed that an HR colleague would say that to a candidate. Out loud, yeah. Out loud, right? Yeah. Absolutely. You might think it, but have they at least have the courtesy to thank them for their time and wish them well? But you don't say those kind of things. That's just stupid.
0: Well, that's a bad reflection on your company. Now, yeah, yeah, that out there.
1: So, Mary Beth, I think you dodged a bullet on that one.
0: No kidding wow (laughs) that that has like so many things gone wrong in it that it would be such a great example for you know companies trying to do the right thing this would be don't do this (laughs) don't do any of this all right cassidy what about you what's your worst experience so far
2: um well mine is not that bad um but my probably worst one was just an over the phone interview um i got a um a voicemail from a man who was calling about the job, but he didn't tell me what company it was for. And he didn't give me a number to call him back. So, like, that was really weird. And then he called me a few hours later, and I answered. And he was like, oh, I left you a voicemail. You didn't call me back. And I was like, oh, like, I'm so sorry. I didn't have a number to call you back. I was going to send you an email or something. Um, and so, like, that was just kind of weird because I felt super awkward just right off the bat. And then he kept calling me, Kathy. And my name is cassidy so that was another weird thing and then so he called me back and when he was interviewing me he was going to pull up my resume um but he couldn't find it so he had to hang up with me and then called me back like 10 minutes later because he finally found my resume but he still kept calling me kathy so i don't know if he's looking at it and then um he asked me a bunch of different like scenario or situational questions and so i would answer them to the best that i could and he basically told me that that was not the answer that he, he wanted um, and that that was the wrong answer and that I'm not I'm not good enough for the job. But then he was like, but you'll hear back from us once we the team goes over it. And, again, I didn't even know what company this was for. I think it was for a manager job, but I really don't know. Um, and, yeah, I never heard back anything. So it was just really weird. Wow. It was just super well, weird.
1: I think you dodged a bullet <laughs> as well. I yeah. mean, Holy cow, this is what HR professionals are doing to candidates? This is unacceptable. This is insane.
0: It is insane. It's appalling.
1: It really is.
0: It's embarrassing, and I'm glad I'm not on the job hunt, quite honestly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, knock on wood. (laughs) But we got to help these guys. So, Mary Beth, Mm -hmm. let's... Hopefully this podcast will, somebody will hear you and want to make you an offer immediately. in Cassidy, right. if you want to use your alias of Kathy, maybe they'll call
2: you. Maybe they'll call me back. <laughs> uh,
0: right. Yeah, maybe that company
1: will go, oh, I forgot to call her back.
0: I to call her back now. Oh, gosh. I thought I called Kathy back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, well, you two have been a joy to chat with. Thank you so much for sharing these wonderful stories. And like Kim said, hopefully someone will hear this and say, now those were two very well-spoken, very intelligent women. We need to get them on board.
1: Should we state the obvious?
0: Let's do it. Let's state the obvious. So uh, Mary Beth and Cassidy, what Kim and I do uh, at the end of our podcast is we like to do what we call stating the obvious. Because you know, there's those times maybe you think you've had a conversation with somebody and it turns out at the end of the day, you actually walked away with two different impressions of what happened. So we like to state the obvious. So we're stating and recapping um, what we talked about today. So um, we started out and had an interesting point made about there's a lot of jobs out there, but it's harder to find that job that you want and apply for that job you want. And the times have changed, so we've uh, we've moved into this online world, and applications are so much easier, which makes it easier for looking for jobs. But at the same time, if the not the right words are included on your resume, or some of those questions that are asked during the application process aren't answered correctly, you're kicked out. So I, I think the takeaway I've I have there is, gosh, if you can put some. More of those keywords in your resume that's that could be helpful to get you at least to that next step where you can shine and show off all of the, of the great skills that you do have. We talked about uh, Mirabeth gave us the quote of uh, wanting to look for green flags instead of red flags and and that goes on both sides that hopefully companies are out there looking closely at those and that candidates too. Uh, we talked about culture, you know, and fit and, and are, are looking for those types of things. And there's almost uh, too many things I think we can walk away from those uh, good and bad experiences that we heard. So I'll leave it at that, Kim.
1: All right. So thank you, Mary Bath, Thank you, Cassidy, uh, for joining us tonight. So we'd like to thank all of our listeners and um, thank our sponsor, Tammy. We have a sponsor. Yeah! Uh, Our sponsor is the Law Offices of Susan L. Ward, an outstanding law firm. So if you're in trouble, call her.
0: Nothing like Susan.
1: (laughs) Don't call us.
0: Call (laughs) Susan. (laughs) Call
1: Susan. Susan L. Ward. Uh, Thank you to our active military and the veterans. And stay tuned for our next episode of Cubicle Insanity.